full-time van life with my dog and my fiance so that's definitely an adventure traveling all over the U.S. and just exploring um it's been really fun it's been ups and downs but right now we're definitely in a, in the up so that feels really cool we're in Colorado currently I am a spiritual mindset and business mentor um I do life coaching as well confidence I do I really just help women get out of their own way um and that lights me up like to no degree I just I'm so obsessed with understanding humans and their their potential and the patterns that hold them back and just helping them break free. I just like love meeting humans. I love being out in the world. I love nature and I'm kind of like a bougie hippie. That's how I've been describing myself lately. <laughs> my my story really starts though when I was younger, probably around 7 or 8 when I started dancing. And that's honestly what has really spiraled and catapulted me into the coaching industry and the mentorship space. But yeah, growing up, I started dancing. And I'm sure like many people listening, when you are looking at yourself in the mirror all the time, there's so many things to look at that you don't like. And we're taught so many um, ways of being or ways of looking and always trying to reach this ideal perfection state. So I really struggled with body image, with self-esteem, and that led basically up until probably a few years ago after I really kind of did a lot of inner work to uncover like why I was so insecure and why I had such low self-esteem. I also had undiagnosed ADHD as a kid and I didn't get diagnosed till I was 30 and so that played a huge role into my self-esteem and always feeling different, always feeling like I didn't fit in. And I didn't really have many influences, positive influences in my life in terms of people that were confident. You know, I, I didn't have that mom who was like on all the fashion and was super hip and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I just didn't have that as a role model. And so I just didn't know, I didn't know how to be seen, you know. It was really scary, actually, to be seen. And so I started pulling out my own hair I think I was like 10 years old and it started after I saw another girl do it which is actually pretty wild I have this distinct memory of my mom telling me about how this girl who was a year younger than me I think she was in like I don't know third grade and I was in fourth grade or something and how she was she's like yeah I don't know it's so interesting she's just she's pulling out her own hair because I think I asked I was like why does her hair look like that you know I was just kind of a curious kid and she told me and then like I don't know a year later I I found myself pulling out my own hair and I don't know if those two things are connected but I started pulling from like the kind of like behind my ear like on both sides so it looked like I almost looked like I had a mohawk in the back <laughs> like I had all the hair in the middle and then I didn't have hair on the left and the right I couldn't, I just couldn't stop. But I also had no idea what was going on. I had no like concept of, oh, this is good or this is bad. Like all I knew was that it was happening. And I remember talking to my mom about it, but she didn't really give it much attention. She was just like, oh, it's fine, honey. Like, don't worry about it, you know? But it never went away. It basically got worse and worse. 
then it would go in phases. You know, I would have moments in my life where I would pull a lot and I would have moments in my life where I wouldn't really pull at all. And I would forget that it, it was even a thing. And I didn't know that there was a name for this. So, you know, just going through it, pulling out my hair, seeing next to me, why is there like a pile of hair next to me while I'm working or whatever and realizing, oh my God, I did that. I wasn't even conscious of it. And it wasn't until, wasn't until after college. I was living in Boston at the time. Um, I had just got my, I had just graduated from grad school, started in my first like 95. I was in architecture and I wasn't really happy at the time, but I was like working on improving myself. And I had lost a bunch of weight and I was really feeling amazing in my body. And I, I realized that like the one area of my life where I didn't feel confident was my hair. I just, I never knew how to wear my hair. I was always so obsessed with it, like being perfect, not having any like little flyaway pieces. Like I just, I wanted to have perfect hair. I was so, I was like obsessed. So I went to go see a CBT uh, practitioner. I think we worked together for about eight weeks. And at the end of the eight weeks, I completely stopped. I had never had that type of success with, like I had never done any type of therapy for any repetitive action, but we really did develop some like amazing tools for me being aware of when I was about to pull, what triggered it, um, when I noticed myself pulling what I would do. And that led me to wearing a lot of hats or wearing my hair in a different way or like literally like repeating affirmations to myself or really seeing my own beauty. And I think a huge part of my my journey has been has been mirror work, like looking in the mirror and just like seeing myself through a different a different light and talking to myself from a place of love and not like criticism or rejection or hate or picking myself apart um and i think that's really contributed to a huge decrease in pulling it still happens time to time but it is much much less than when it was at its peak and i also think that when it was at its peak i was probably in the most unhealthy relationship with myself like i really just didn't like who I was. I didn't like how I looked. I didn't have a style. Like I just, I felt so kind of ugly, you know? And I think in seeing my own beauty and being like, wait, like I can be beautiful. That's helped contribute to, you know, the lack of pulling or the, at least a pretty significant reduction of it, which has been really nice. So the girl that you saw doing it, did you ever talk mm -hmm. to her about it and kind of say like, Hey, I'm doing this too. Or was it just like the next year and maybe she went to a different school or something? No. So we did go to a different school, but we lived on the same street and we had um, her older sister I was friends with. And honestly, my like what I remember was I thought she was weird, like for doing it. Like I was just like, what is she doing? Like, and actually when I saw her doing it and then I saw her hair, I was like, oh my God, like that looks so bad. Like, I just remember being like, oh, but then I started doing it and I started having the same physical appearance. And I was like, I just made myself so ugly. Like I literally hated myself for doing the thing that I was judging her for. Yeah. And that's tough. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you don't have trick, it's hard to understand looking at yourself in the mm -hmm. mirror after you pull everything out or pull a chunk out. And you're just like, you monster, you know, there, that self-talk, that negative self-talk starts early on. I remember growing up seeing my mom always like dieting or always trying to change her appearance or always 
just kind of like focusing on her flaws. And I think for me, I think that's a huge part of my journey with my body and confidence and beauty and just appearance has been focusing more on what I do love about myself and letting go of what I don't. And that's taken, that's so hard. <laughs> like in a, in a world that wants you to be a size zero and six feet tall and blonde and have a certain style and whatever, you know? And then I think also in the past maybe six months, I've really been kind of playing around and experimenting with like how I wear my hair, makeup, like style, like kind of taking so much of the attention off my hair, you know, or like wearing cute hats, like things that make me feel cute and not things that make me see this thing that's I used to think was wrong with me, but actually just be like, oh, it's just a thing. Other people have it. And I think normalizing it, knowing like me, you, so many other people have this and maybe don't talk about it because there's so much shame around it. And just being like, I actually don't have any shame. It's more so just annoying, you know? It's like, okay, <laughs> like, all right. But I don't have any, like, I don't have like an emotional reaction about it anymore. It's more pretty neutral about it. It's just like, yeah, I'm really excited for like the bald spot on top of my head to like fill back in so I can like wear a middle part and not have like a gap. <laughs> when you found out you were older, when you found out the name for it, how did you feel? Oh yeah, I think I was like 20 five 28 I don't know I was like what this is the thing you know it was the same feeling I had when I got my ADHD diagnosis like oh I'm not broken like it was this it was definitely validating seeing how many people also have it seeing that there was actually a clinical term for it I think I did feel a little defeated when I saw like there's no cure I'm like what <laughs> this is this is a joke <laughs> But like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty empowering, actually. I always say like, you have to name it to tame it, right? Like you can't, if you have some, if, if something's wrong, if you're sick and you don't know why you're sick or you don't know what is actually going on, you can't heal it, you know? But if you realize, oh, you have bronchitis, this is what you need to do, then you can actually like take control of it. So I think giving it a name for me was super empowering because I was like, oh, this is like, a repetitive thing this could be related to OCD this could be related to well once I found out I had ADHD I was like this could be related to that there's a lot of like relationship between a lot of these things and there's also a lot of strategies and there's like support groups and there's meditation groups and there's meditations for trick I was like what this is wild like oh my god so it really just it felt like the world opened up and I was like damn okay, I can own this and it doesn't have to like, you know, make me feel shame about myself, you know? When did you start becoming open about it and like sharing publicly? I think actually not, not too, well, no, actually pretty recently. Um, not because I felt like I needed to hide it. It just didn't really feel like something that consumes me much at all. It was like one of those things that I did that I was like, okay, like, but it didn't feel like, um, didn't feel like something I even felt called to share. I think the first person I told was my fiance, because I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to like therapy for this thing. And he was like, what's that? And then I explained it to him. I was like, well, it's this like really strange thing where I pull out my, my own hair. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, like, let me know if there's anything I can do. And so I was like, no, I think just, you know, be there for me. And 
something I have asked him to do, which has been really helpful, is if he sees me pulling out my hair, like if we're driving, he'll be like, stop. Like he'll like take my hand and like put it down on my lap and he'll just be like, stop. Like he's a pretty good like accountability buddy for that. Yeah, I think he was the first person. And then um, I actually had a client who, or she, before she became a client, we we went on a hike. I met her. We went on a hike. We became friends. And she was like, hey, I know this is really weird, but I just feel like I want to share this with you. And I like had no idea what she was going to say. And she's like, so I do this thing that I feel like so ashamed about. And I just feel like I need to get it off my chest. And it feels like you're somebody who can listen. I was like, okay. Like I was nervous. I didn't know what she was going to say. And so we're like hiking up this like snowy mountain. And she's like, so I pull my own hair out. She's like, it's just like really weird. Like she was about to like describe the whole thing. And I was like, oh dude, like I get it. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I like, I do the same thing. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I pull my own hair out too. She's like, are you serious? Like she was in disbelief obviously because it's pretty rare, you know, but like also it's more common than you think. And I think it was just this moment of like both of us being like, whoa, that's kind of fucking wild, you know, like that we both have this thing that like isn't really talked about publicly because like most of the world doesn't even know it's a thing. Um, so that was a really cool moment for us that we bonded over. And then she felt really called to like share about it on like her podcast and to, you know, create a support group. And I was like, whoa, this is so wild. And it was a really cool it was a really cool moment. And then honestly, having you on my podcast, that was a really cool experience. And now we're here. You know, I didn't really talk about it for a long time, like most of my life. And then once I started, I, I felt like I couldn't stop. Like I just wanted to talk mm. about it all the time. And every time I talked about it, oh, I know someone or I have it or my sister mm. does. Or my cousin. And it was just like all these new relationships are being formed and all these doors are opening for people. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. It's just one of those things where if we all talked about it, we would probably all feel really comfortable with each other and not so like isolated, but we're all secret, uh, secretive about it because it is shameful in your head when you first start doing it. Like your brain is like, yeah, mm, this probably isn't great. You know, you don't want kids to point it out or think getting in trouble. Like as a kid, when you are pulling, trying to rewire things and say like, wait a minute, yeah well, yeah 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 did you like experience any other bfrbs so like nail biting skin picking or have you just been like strictly a hair pillow i definitely played with my nails a little bit i used to suck my thumb like i sucked my thumb till i was like in eighth grade that was like a wild experience like being an eighth grader sucking my thumb that was i felt a lot of shame around that my mom did everything she would get me that like nail polish you know that was like gross tasting so i wouldn't like bite or suck on my thumb then I remember the only reason why I stopped is because I had a teacher that was like you cannot go to high school like this and it was like oh my god but immediately like that was kind of the kick in the pants comment that I needed to to stop which was probably a beautiful thing because going into high school sucking my thumb probably would have created a lot of trauma for me uh, then the other thing was skin picking but like on my face I was so obsessed with having perfect skin like oh my god I would I remember I would be scrolling through photos or looking at magazines or being on Instagram when like Instagram first kind of happens and looking at these girls who just had literally the perfect skin like you couldn't even see their pores they had like the perfect jawline the perfect face structure I was like oh my god and so I remember 
I started picking at my skin when I like noticed I had my first blackhead when I was like 13 years old, you know? And I was like, get this thing off of my face. Like I was so repulsed by it. <laughs> but obviously, you know what happens when you like pick at your face, you make it worse. And so I basically gave myself acne by picking myself apart. Like how wild is that? Uh, so then I actually developed like pretty bad acne from picking on my face all the time and trying to make it perfect because by me, you know, just trying to get this little white head or just trying to get this little black head, it turned into this whole like thing. Um, and then I was so self-conscious because my face and my hair, like I was just a mess because I was making myself a mess and it was awful. And that actually didn't stop until I'm not even kidding, like the past maybe like six months. And it was a, what was it that caused me to stop? I think I was talking to Kurt, my fiance, and I was like, he was telling me that he had to go on Accutane when he was a kid. And I was like, I just feel like I want to go on Accutane. I don't even care if it's going to like fuck my body up, like, which I obviously do. But like at, in the moment, I was just like so emotional about it. I was like, I just want to be pretty. And, um, and he's like, He's like, no, you're not going on that. That's really bad for women. But he's like, you honestly just need to stop picking at your face. You touch your face way too much. You wash your face way too much. He's like, the secret to clean skin is just not touching it and like not really washing it. And I was like, no, like you blah, blah, blah. You know, like you need to wash it and do this 18 step process. And <laughs> well, he was right because the only thing that healed my skin was we moved into the van, living in it full time. We have a shower, but it's outside. And so I wasn't showering like every day like I used to when I was in the like in a house. And I also wasn't taking hot showers, which obviously affects your skin a good amount. And I have really sensitive skin. And would you look at that? We also didn't have a full length mirror. We didn't have the bathroom with a light in the vanity where you can zoom 10x into your fucking pores. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like he was like, wow, your skin looks really great these days. And I looked in the mirror and I hadn't looked in the mirror in like, I don't know, five days. And I was like, which that's probably not true. Maybe it was like three days, but still. And I was like, oh my God. And he's like, I told you. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. So then I was like, wait, what? I've been doing it all wrong. I've been putting so much attention into what's not good with my skin like I need to love my skin I need to take care of it I need to stop being so mean to it you know I need to look in the mirror and be like you have glowing skin and so honestly the past like six months of being in the van I have literally rewired my beliefs about my skin and um I feel like my skin has literally never looked better like it and it's not because I'm doing this like magical skincare routine I'm washing my face less I'm I'm like it's wild but I'm just I'm talking to my skin as if it's like a living thing and I'm like you look so glowing you're beautiful you know obviously I still get breakouts randomly here and there or like hormonally but all in all like I would have I saw a photo of myself from like six months ago and I showed it to Kurt and I was like look at my face and it looked like I had it looked like I had hives on my cheeks from the scars of all the acne and I was like, I can't touch my face. Like I can't because once I start, I don't stop. You know, I have to be really mindful. Like if I go to like a if we go to like a hotel or an Airbnb for a little bit, I'll see the mirror and I'll be like, ooh, it's time to go to town, you know? And I'm like, no, stay home for sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, definitely the skin was probably the biggest one that also accompanied the hair. How have you noticed your pulling living on the van? Like, do you have triggering zones within the van? How is that going for you? I think the most triggering place is probably in the passenger seat, like while we're driving. Kurt always drives, uh, or like 99% of the time. And I think honestly, it's just um, me needing to do something with my hands. And so if I don't have something to stimulate my hands, then I will just play with my hair. And it usually starts that way. I just, I'm just playing with my hair. It's down. I'm like feeling the texture of it. And then I'm like, eh, I don't like this one. And then I'll like rip it out, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And it's always the like weird textured hairs. It's not like the smooth ones. Like I'll just be like, oh, this is a gross one. And then I'll like rip it out and I'll be like, damn it. And then I'll just do it again. Because <laughs> it's kind of just unconscious. But uh, yeah, I would say the front seat. I don't really do it trying to think if I okay I will randomly do it if I'm like watching a show again it's the I don't have anything to do with my hands I'm watching a show I can notice sometimes I'm like oh I definitely pulled out some hair it's usually when I'm seated not moving it's like I have a lot of energy and I think it is like an ADHD thing I'm realizing now it's like a stimulating thing it's like I just I need the stimulation and it's not coming from anywhere so then I pull to get the feeling of like ooh yeah like a little hit <laughs> what do you what yeah. are some things that you do like if you have a long drive ahead of you do you have certain tools that you like to use to keep your hands busy yeah so um where are they i have a i would show you but i don't know where they are and i don't want to like dig through the van but i have like a bunch of crystals in the van um that i'll play with that just like oh, actually i have one right here i'll show it to you you know just like a little rose quartz thing that i'll literally just like play in my hands like this and that's like honestly enough. I have a set of like mala beads too that's typically worn as like a necklace that I'll just take out and play with. That that has been like actually a game changer. Um, really super simple. And then I would say like wearing my hair in certain styles or wearing hats. I try to wear hats when I know that I'm gonna be watching a show or sitting in the front seat because it's just easier to not pull out my hair you know but i think doing anything if my hands are busy then i don't really feel the need to touch my hair and it's just about having like i need the visual cue to remind me to use this rather than touch my hair so like i'll have a crystal or like the beads in the front seat or like in the little dry like in the side pocket thing so i see mm -hmm. it and i'm like oh yeah i can touch this you know um sometimes i'll journal like sometimes i'll like pull cards in the front seat like i'll do something to just keep my keep my mind from going there because that's really what it is is if like it it may not be something that ever goes away fully that's fine but as long as i know how to manage it then it's good you said you had success with your cbt uh therapy mm -hmm. was it was that the first person that tried that with you what was your kind of journey with therapy and trick i don't even know it's so funny like i don't remember how i even found this woman but i remember just googling like psychology or psychologists and then trichotillomania and she had availability and so we would meet every week for eight we met every week for eight weeks yeah that was the first time i had ever you know sought out support because i didn't even know that that existed that people specialized in this you know and it was really helpful i mean she put together like there's a lot of like questionnaires she helped me figure out what my triggers were she helped me create a lot of solutions and mostly they were like 
wearing hats. She was like, get some like Play-Doh, you know? Um, so I had like Play-Doh by my bedside, um, which I actually found that was actually, like I would rather hold something solid, but mm -hmm. I've learned that in the journey. Um, and yeah, just also giving myself grace and not like making myself wrong or shaming myself because that doesn't help it, you know, doesn't make it better. Um, and knowing it's pretty common. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was actually wild. I remember telling her, like, I haven't pulled in months. Like, I didn't even remember that I did it. And it was probably at least six months. It was super cool. I just had the strategies down pack. I was good. Um, and then I think it started to come back at some point, but it was way less. And I have noticed that ever since then, like, it's been way less. And I think the more aware and the more often I use the tools that I have, like, when I remember to use them, like, it's pretty good. It's just sometimes I don't remember the tool, you know, until I'm already pulling. Yeah. And I sometimes I struggle with the idea that, like, I want that right now. Like, sometimes, like, I, I have, like, all these tools that I've learned from other people, from professionals. And, like, there are moments where I'm like, mm, no, like, I kind of want to do this. And I don't know if you have experienced the same thing where it's like, this is the, the sensation that I need right now. Yeah, totally. I, it's funny, the other day, and this happened the other day, like, Kurt's like, stop. And then I just, like, looked at him, and I pulled another one out, and I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, Sam, like, you got your little rebellion, now you can stop sabotaging yourself. <laughs> but it was definitely that moment of, like, but it feels good, you know? And then I was like, okay, like, how about I just give myself, like, a head massage, or, like, do something else? Because I think that's what it is, is, like, I fucking love head massages. It's it feels so good. And I'm like, maybe I just need to like get more of those, you know, or get the little like um, you know, the little hand mm -hmm. thing that like goes on your head, whatever that's called. I used to have one of those. I don't have one right now. I'm like that thing is like orgasmic. I'm like maybe that's just what I need in the van in the front seat. <laughs> yeah. I've spoken to a few people and, and, you know, sometimes trick can really damage the relationship, like with your hair and like, you don't want to touch anything, but then you get to the point where you're like, you know what, like, let's try to find better tools for this, like a scalp massage mm -hmm. or, or like in the shower, I'm massaging the scalp too. And like, they have these products that you can like take better care and like nurture this part mm -hmm. of your body where you're like damaging it and you don't want to touch it, but wait, also let's show it some love. So it is interesting, but that, I'm actually thinking about getting one of those too honestly. Yeah. They're so great. I mean, here's the way I think about it. If I can heal my skin just through my mind alone, right? Obviously actions too. I wasn't, I was doing different things, but if I can heal my skin and be really aware of what I'm saying to myself and really aware of my patterns, then I can heal this too. And it's definitely gotten way better, like way, way, way better. And I'm like, I have a vision of what I want like my ideal highest self is right of like how what her hair looks like whatever that means and i'm like i'm just gonna hold that vision until it happens because i i personally don't believe that it's something that i have to have forever yes sure it can reemerge, and if it does great but i feel like i'm like i don't want to be available for like a bald spot you know it's like yes obviously i have to wait for the hair to grow and like I did that to myself, you know, but I'm like, I want to do everything in my power to like, to heal that because like, number one, it doesn't make you feel confident, but like having a bald spot in the middle of your head, right? For me, it's like on the top of my head. So it's like pretty obvious, 
Um, it's not like underneath anywhere, which that would be nice, I guess, but it's okay. Like it's all the more reason for me to just be with it and be like, ooh, wow, interesting. Um, and not having a timeline on it, but yeah, like I think that is one of my goals with it is like, okay, if I've made this much progress in six months with my skin, then like, and I've already made progress with my hair, I can just keep doing that because like, why not, you know? And you've had moments like that before. That's something that I look back on too. Like I've had moments of maybe not necessarily a hundred percent pull free. Like maybe I pulled one or two, but not to the point where I'm missing things and I'm, it's like now impacting my daily life. And so it's like, yeah, how can I, how can I get back to that while also being nice if I fall back again? You know, like totally. what are what are some ways that you would build yourself up after if you have a relapse, for example? Mm -hmm. For me, anytime it happens, it's just like I don't have an emotional reaction anymore, which is good. You know, I think that's like the first step is neutralizing it and not telling a story about it. You know, not making it mean that you're a bad person, not making it mean that you're a failure, not making it mean that you're ugly, not, you know, like any of those things. Um, all I make it mean is, oh, I'm pulling my hair again, period. Like I don't attach an emotional reason to it. So I think that's like definitely the first thing. And, um, I think it, it often comes back to like my inner child, you know, I'm like, oh, what do you need to hear right now? And it's usually like, you're okay. Like, it's fine. Just move on in a way. What would be your advice to someone who wants to kind of share more publicly about their trick? You know, they haven't really done that before. They're a little nervous. What would you say? Mm. Oh, this is a great question. Cause I feel like I show up on the internet with all of my stuff and I'm like, Hey, this is everything. <laughs> I'm like, no shame. Um, but I wasn't always that way, but I would say go for it and start on a platform where you feel the safest, you know, like, I mean, you could go one of two ways. You could go on YouTube and share your journey straight up and just air out all of your dirty laundry on there, right? That's going to give you probably the most liberation and freedom and empowerment for sure. But also you could write a blog, you know, and leave it anonymous. And that could be like a really great first step or write an Instagram post or something. But yeah, I mean, I think first writing it down in your journal, like really just like putting it all out there. Cause I think, I think a lot of people like avoid avoid it you know they're like they know it's happening but they just shove it down and they don't realize how much is affecting them them and then you know one day they're like what the hell i have this issue you know and so i think first like sharing it with yourself and like creating that safety within yourself about the experience and then you know putting it out there because i think like you're the perfect example of this as it relates to trick is if you did it, the next person can do it. Like, and I think that you're still just as much of a beautiful human. Like, it's not like any, it's not like your worth as a, as a human goes down. It's not like you're not lovable anymore. Like, if anything, you're going to feel so much more lovable and so much more empowered because you're going to be owning that part of yourself that you've probably been, you know, hiding away in, in the shadows. So I would say just start. Don't think about it. <laughs> Literally, don't think about it. Just do it. Close your eyes and shut your computer. <laughs> anyone that is you know they're going through this and they're like I just want to stop or at least I want to feel better about it I really feel like looking into um Louise Hay she's an amazing healer and she coined this practice called mirror work 
Um, and mirror work honestly has changed my life. It's what changed my skin. It's what's really changed my appearance for the better in terms of just like being a nice person to myself and like loving myself and not having this like really ridiculous negative self-talk. Of course, I still have it randomly here and there, but it's not this like daily thing. Honestly, I feel like the mirror is going to be such a powerful tool for you. Like looking at yourself and if you have, you know, whatever areas of your body that you're pulling hair from, like just look at them, you know, fully, like get intimate with them, get close with them instead of trying to hide them, instead of trying to cover them, instead of always wearing hats or, you know, always wearing, you know, filler on your eyebrows or whatever, like just be with them. And you may find that you have an emotional reaction and that's probably a good thing. It's like, there's probably some emotion there that needs to be released. And so I would say that's a really great place to start. You can do it for a minute every day. I do it all the time in the van because I'm sitting in the van in the front seat and I'm like looking in the mirror and I practice just saying great things. With myself. I practice acknowledging what I do love. And I feel like that's been a huge tool for confidence and self-love and, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with my hair, you know, like as we go down this journey of life. Tell us everything about you. How can we find you? You can find me all over the internet. Instagram, you can find me at Sam Altieri Podcast, The Sam Altieri Show, YouTube, Sam Altieri. My website, either samaltieri.com or balancewithsam.com. Either one works. <laughs> Thank you.